1: hello everyone and welcome to episode 55 of utopia to me with me your host chris Locke. how's it going good to see you all out there in the trees looking in my window i'm paranoid stop checking me out Hey, look at that. I got a t-shirt and a hoodie and a toucan up top, pajama bottoms down at the bottom of my body. I'm half indoors, half outdoors. Man, that's what life is all about, isn't it? Go indoors and go outdoors. There's no uh, rhyme or reason to anything I'm saying right now. Here's the thing. This episode is exciting. I'm glad to be back. Jeez, it's taken me a month to get someone on my podcast because of scheduling and all kinds of craziness. So we're finally getting this out, and this is a doozy. It's Nick Beaton, super funny Canadian stand-up comic and uh, television writer who travels all around the country and uh, other countries killing it as a super funny stand-up. So here we go. Uh, you know, when you're listening to this, I'll be honest, when Nick was over, I was wearing jeans But right now when I'm doing these intros and outros, I'm wearing pajama pants. So you choose what type of pants you want to picture me in while I'm talking to Nick. Uh, But uh, I will say it was jeans when Nick was here. And right now it's pajama pants. There's so many pants we can wear. It's insane. Er, Later today, I might go get a Jamaican uh, curry roti with uh, sweatpants on. There's another style of pants. Anyways, so many styles of pants, so many styles of good comedy and guests that come on this podcast, and this is no exception. This is a great uh, stand-up comedian, like I just said. We're going to go into that episode right now. Please enjoy, because it was super fun hanging out with my friend and comedian, Nick Beaton. Enjoy. Yeah, I usually talk like this close. Okay, cool. It's different than the, like the stage, just for room tone and stuff. Yeah, I usually eat the mic on stage anyway. So, oh, sick. No, yeah. <laughs> so it all works out for me. Yeah, that's cool, man.
0: Um, get other people sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually now with a beard. Have you ever noticed like when your beard snags in like one of those wi- when it's just a wired mic top like. Uh, like yeah the, the metal or whatever like i always get like a loose hair stuck in there and pull it out and just like i think that's the best acting i've ever done on stage is to like act like not because oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's what i want to do every time it happens i'm like fuck you gotta go like oh, did they notice and
1: then just keep going i was doing this one show speaking of that at the supermarket you know in kensington market mm-hmm. here in toronto and uh i was wearing these like hiking boots like these uh timberland hiking boots and I was telling a joke and sort of leaning on the corner of my foot, but because the sole is so big, the corner snapped down, and I basically just really wrenched my ankle. <laughs> like, you know, like. Yeah, just- yeah wrenched like went down on my ankle while telling the joke and was like eh. and then like kept telling the joke and didn't admit it i heard one and the joke f- did fine but i heard one girl in the audience be like "Ooh,
0: like she saw it and i never acknowledged it it's great it's and like then my ankle was tweaked for like two weeks just the con- conditioning to like don't show them you're in pain yeah. and just finish a joke even though you're like yeah don't admit you just shit and barf <laughs> <laughs> they, can't,
1: they can't tell they can't tell yeah did he barf into that uh, <laughs> rum and coke? What was that part of the bit? <laughs> like you just add juice back to the cup that you're drinking from? <laughs> uh, I should say I'm talking to Nick Beaton is my guest today. Hello. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you're on. Uh, you're a funny guy, stand-up comedian, TV writer. And also, uh, since we've worked together a few times and we get along as comedian buddies, I don't know much about you. You should say uh some of the other stuff you're up to for everybody listening and for me
0: um, i know you're from the east coast right i am from the east coast from cape breton um yeah. what else are I, you related to ron james i am not related to ron james no oh, <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> yeah me too you know probably would have helped a little in the yeah. earlier stages of my career yeah um, yeah cape breton but you came here like <coughs> i moved quite i a moved while to Detroit, yeah like 13 years ago when, yeah. I, when i was 19 so yeah you're like peace yeah, it'll be like it'll be fourteen years this August or September. Right? Oh wow, so, yeah. you're a Torontonian. at this point. It's almost half my life here. Yeah, which is 10. crazy, actually. Uh, when you go back to Cape Breton, are you like? Ugh. <laughs> I like going back and like seeing <laughs> friends and stuff. But yeah, there is a a part of it where you're like, I could never live here again. It's just too small, you know. After you live in Toronto, I think for a while, and you're like, yeah. everything's around and and open and stuff. Like, I mean, Halifax is a city where some stuff's open late, but like Sydney, Cape Breton, it's like. I'll get home and you don't ever plan like a trip to necessarily like you just say oh I'll be I'm going home for like five or six days or a week or whatever and you yeah. get home on a Monday and you like hang out with friends they're like oh well, let's go to a bar and have some beers and I'm like oh no all the bars are closed on Mondays <laughs> or they yeah. or they, they close at nine thirty or ten because they're you know nothing's happening and yeah. it's like – or it's like, you know, a Wednesday night and you're like, Oh, let's get some pizza like late, you know, and we're like yeah. no, there's no pizza open. Come on, man. <laughs> like yeah. so I just gotta go home and make peanut butter sandwiches at my mom's house? It's the only like... place to drink is Stephen Avery's garage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's That's still... You've seen that obviously. That's, it's still on my mind. I shouldn't I'm referencing it almost in February now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been uh still on I watched my
0: mind. that. Um that was a kid. Uh do you think he did it? <laughs> I don't like feel like I need to have an answer about that. No, I, I don't either. It's impossible to tell. Like you I can't... do
1: agree with the filmmakers for, from what I've read them say. I, it does look like it was made to show the injustice of the justice system. Yeah. I think that is really shown, the, yeah. shown very well. And I think Brendan Dassey is probably innocent... Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. That I was could, yeah. really crazy. Like, now draw the
0: murder. That was the, the <laughs> weirdest part in the thing. I was if like, if you don't just know what we're talking there. about by now, you're dumb. <laughs> uh, just Ke- when I was watching that scene where he's like getting him to draw it down, like, and them going through, like, he wrote like three, they had to crumple up three of those sheets of paper because yeah. he wasn't admitting it because he didn't do it. <laughs> and. Just watching it with my <laughs> mouth just agape, like, oh my god, this guy works for his defense team, and he's trying to just get him to implicate himself in a murder that he's now saying he didn't do. Yeah. Which is nuts that, like... In th- the intro
1: to this episode, I will say, in the first five minutes, there are spoilers for making a murder. So yeah. So let's, let's talk about it for a sec.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he did it, Stephen Avery? Um... I don't know. Like, obviously, again, because we were just talking before we turned the mics on about conspiracy theories. There's oh, yeah. like Like, the idea of him... Like, there was something was wrong. And I think that there was enough reasonable doubt presented that even if he did do it, there, like... It's the reason why that stuff exists in the legal system, right? Is like, so cops have to be held accountable. Lawyers have to be held accountable. Yeah. So if you, like have a thing where you know you're a a guy is suing your police department for a wrongful arrest and being imprisoned for 18 years and you're deposed sorry uh a few days or a couple of weeks before this other thing happens you start investigating and then you say okay well we're gonna throw it over to another county so there's no conflict of interest but then you only do that in word and then still have police officer on the scene and have eight days to search a place the
1: cops that he was trying to sue basically got to sleep over at his house (laughs)
0: yeah yeah for like a week and a half and then find stuff like yeah like play his nintendo finding that key the way (laughs) like just like it was i was like like that is enough to go even if he did it there's enough bullshit here that like a jury should look at it and go i don't know i mean maybe he did it but like there's a lot of questions as to whether or not there was foul play it's interesting at the end of the
1: whole series there's like one juror that was like uh ah, there's some three bruisers on the jury that would not let us say he's innocent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nuts. And his lawyers are even but his lawyers say what you say too. They're like they're like do you think he's innocent? And they're like, "Well, he's not not <laughs> not innocent, Yeah, or whatever, yeah. You know? But they they agree that it was just like in the trial that they were present at, it wasn't justifiably proven like guilty." Yet. No. No. Cool start. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you moved to Toronto. You've been here 14 years. <laughs> yeah, You're a yeah. Torontonian. Um, uh, yeah. And then uh, you've been doing stand up forever.
0: Yeah. Um, did you go to Humber? I went to Humber, yeah. Okay. And I started doing sketch there and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I started doing stand up pretty much just as soon as Humber ended, like the Humber Comedy course. Here yeah, in yeah. Toronto, I mean, I did a yeah. little stand up there, but I mainly was doing like sketch and writing and stuff like okay. that. And then I started doing stand up in like January of 2005. So I'm like yeah 11 years in now
1: nice yeah well yeah you can tell you're really freaking good oh thanks man and uh our agent both sent us to uh weird gigs individually you did red deer right i did do red i haven't talked about it yet on this podcast since i've been back i did Red (laughs) red deer but that thing is morgan was like you're gonna love it nick uh beaten destroyed they loved him and i'm like great and uh, i had a
0: saturday night there that was like one of my worst shows in years <laughs> and was i was like why do i do this i could see like because i like the i like the gig i like the venue they're all all pretty cool but both yeah. of my shows were pretty um the audience was very attentive you yeah. know they were all you know everybody's drinking and stuff like that but it was you know they weren't there was no rowdy people there was no heckling at all there was none of that so i don't yeah. know. i don't know what your experience no was no like, it
1: was but. like friday was very fun saturday was uh like you said people drinking but still having fun and wanting to have fun and chris the owner is amazing he mm-hmm. doesn't care he we had a great weekend together but yeah it was just like it was i you know when you're in cruise mode for a long time in stand-up and then you get that about face show that just fucks you up yeah it's yeah. just one of those shows that came out of the left field like what and like uh they were mad at me before i even said anything right and then so it felt like my whole presence there was about proving that not am I just funny, but I'm an okay guy. <laughs> like it, had, mm. it was so bizarre. Yeah. There, it, there was aggression like right away, which, uh, you know, I can deal with drunks. No problem. It's very fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually fun. fun. Yeah. It was different. It was aggressive. It was aggression. But everybody's
0: like <laughs> losing their money out
1: there and trying to sell their boats and shit. It's a weird vibe up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's cold. <laughs> like, cause I went, I went in November, the end of November. Yeah. And it was freezing. Like There was yeah. snow on the ground. It was like minus 10. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Did you and go to the gents club? No. <laughs> okay. What's the gents club?
1: That's another thing. Like, So a bunch of us, from Chris Gordon came with me to open. In fact, I wanted him to do this podcast, but he sleeps till 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, we went to the gents club, which is like the Nada's fancy strip club in Red Deer. Okay. And at the end of the dance, the strippers put a picture... Like the handle of a pitcher, a beer pitcher, in their butt and look behind them while men try to flick loonies off their backboard. I've heard about that in Alberta. So it goes into the pitcher and you'd think their face would look horrified, but their face is like, step right up.
0: Oh, weird. (laughs) That sucks. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's funny. So there you go, Red Deer a terrible existence <laughs> i'm trying i'm suddenly trying to get back at them
1: no it was very it was actually very fun and like i guess the strippers don't care but yeah the whole weekend was fun but so yeah <laughs> i'm using your episode to be for my own catharsis <laughs> it was a good time it was we had a really good time yeah yeah no,
0: and, and then your, the other one we did in uh was oh like, my god was the gig uh
1: you and i and alex would uh, the, Timmins, the scariest thing ever. Cochrane, yeah.
0: Co- it was Cochrane. So which is Timmins. just even more north than Timmins. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, a drive in just like I drove for nine stuff. hours, both days. Mm-hmm. I don't, we're, I don't drive, so I couldn't help. In a snowstorm, <laughs> in
1: a two, in a Yaris with no snow tires and only two, like front wheel drive, <laughs> and we were driving by huge like trucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird that was a weird trip. We were on two lane highways in the middle of a blizzard in the middle of the Stark Woods, <laughs> like no Starbucks, <laughs> no Starbucks. And I remember we were like driving back, and I just went like to you guys like watch this because i saw this <laughs> huge truck coming with the tarp blowing on the back and then it just passes us the tarp actually grazes the car and then we got covered in a blanket of snow <laughs> in this dumb little car and then just started laughing like psychopaths.
0: oh yeah well that was all we could do at the end there yeah. after after like the last two or three hours of the drive up and then pretty much the whole nine hour drive back we were just in like technically insane yeah and everything was because like Like, yeah, I don't even, what are we doing? Like, we need to do something else with our lives. It was one of those kinds of thoughts where you're just like, why are we driving 18 hours in two days to do stand-up in Cochrane. Yeah, it was really fun. The show was was fun, though. The show was super fun. The mayor was there. Which was definitely, yeah. We got swag. (laughs) Which definitely needs to happen, though, with the... uh, with a show that you drive that far for. I remember we were talking about before, but you drive like nine hours and you get there and you're like, if these people are terrible, like, I'm really going to be mad. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to have a good time on stage at all if they're shitty people or they heckle, like, which is, uh, I think, part of the thing that people don't understand about heckling. It's not just about like, oh, yeah, you're having a fun night and you think you're helping the show. Sometimes you're actually destroying the last nine hours of someone's life to, like, get there and do something and you're like... Please, yeah. just shut up and have a good time. It's not about you, you <laughs> slug. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to
1: say on the last, like, all these road uh, talk, yeah, when we did show up there, too, the guy that booked the show goes, why didn't you guys fly? I offered to fly you up, but the girl never got back. Remember that? And we were yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> did the cartoon, like, like steam coming out our ears? <laughs> yeah.
0: I was, I was like, what the fuck? That is not okay information to give me. (laughs) Like, just don't even tell me. Just, you know, like. Yeah.
1: But I think, and I was like, I'm not drinking right now. I'm doing like sober November or something. And then when we got there I think we all drank like 9 beers and <laughs> ate 3 pizzas and <laughs> <Yeah>. just died.
0: <laughs> yes we did. Yeah. Yes we so did. So
1: you're still like on the road a lot? You did
0: a like a nooner yesterday? Yeah, I did a nooner at Fan Show. Yeah, I I, I I'm actually the January's been kind of slow. It's starting to pick up now though and I have some gigs coming up so. Yeah, <laughs> December was crazy for the holidays. <laughs> December I had a decent amount of shit going on. Yeah, I did sweet. Massey Hall for Oh sweet. Uh, How was that? New Year's Eve. That was great. That was really fun. Like it was just one of those things uh you know can't yeah you know, it's it's just as good, good as you think it's going to be like you're like walk out on that stage and you're like yeah this is a theater for like 2800 people and yeah they're all here to laugh and it was it was great that's amazing yeah felt yeah. really
1: congratulations good. i've never done it
0: yeah don't it was, worry about it but just saying <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. it's just one of those things one of those things i was like i hope i get to do that at some point in time and then yeah mm. breslin asked me and i was like sweet that's very nice yeah, yeah it takes a, a
1: long time to make, get it sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, and he wants eventually everybody to do it, right? Like that's yeah. the thing you want to have happen, but you know, it's just, you know, you can only put on about 10 comics a year, maybe not even. It's I think it's like, you know, it's like eight eight comics or yeah. something. So, that's great. And then uh you were writing for um
1: what's it called? Spun out. Spun out. Um and then have you moved on to another show?
0: yet or is it just the no i haven't done been doing more much writing over right the now. last year i've done like i've done like little things here and there and i've submitted a couple things but no actual no actual jobs in writing yet and i'd like mm. to i'd like to do more writing but I, I honestly like when i was writing i wanted to be doing stand-up and when i'm doing stand-up it'd be nice to have like a writing gig but it's yeah i really like doing stand-up and the thing about writing in a room which is it's great because it pays money it's a great experience it's works different muscles but it's like i just sometimes you're just writing for other people and you're like i just want to be the guy you know i want to be the yeah. guy who's telling the jokes and stuff like that yeah and spun out had a,
1: an amazing uh writing room mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was a lot great of funny comics. people that's always good you get uh re-inspired like working like bouncing off other people yeah um okay good that's a lot of cool stuff and uh so yeah anything else you need to promote before we get going like no. that's coming up don't think so
0: i have a CD that I recorded and I call it a, it's just an album. I recorded an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't actually put it out on iTunes yet or anything so I'm going to do that When does soon. it come out? Uh, I don't know, man. I just did the CD Baby thing the other day. I'm always terrible with this type of administrative stuff. I, you know, yeah. So I got to... I, I did the C D baby thing and then I'll make sure I get it on iTunes and then, you know, so we'll like like look for it in the next like couple weeks I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> like I honestly don't have a date. I don't know. That's the I'm not, best. the only reason why I recorded it was to put it on XM and do that whole sound exchange thing, right? Like it's I don't Pretty good. Yeah, which is great. And I don't yeah. and now I'm like, Well, you should probably still put it out as like an album, yeah. you know. So I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, I know a lot of Canadians are doing that now, obviously, because
1: uh, Canada Laughs is so damn good and you know, and the American stations pick us up, it's very nice. But uh yeah, I still get residuals from iTunes and C D baby and all that stuff. It's yeah. de- it's just as like good to promote it online and stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah but do you know what it's going to be called i'm telling you for the last time or something
0: no uh <laughs> it's nick beaton does not play well with others i uh it's just Spitting. a thing. yeah it's just a I thing like it it's just the thing i never got to really use properly i did it for when i did the edinburgh fringe festival i uh, that was the name of my show so yeah. i already have like the artwork for it and i was like oh well i'll name the album this and then move on past this yeah, title yeah, that yeah. i liked and now it's you know do something else afterwards yeah, but yeah. i've used that for a, a couple of things over the years and I figure might as well just stick with it for this and then...
1: Sweet. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll keep our eye out for Nick Beaton does not play well with others. Yeah. I like that too because it is telling of your personality because you do have a podcast as
0: well where i do which i have not recorded in a long time and have to start again. i think i'm honestly just i'm gonna, sorry to bring you on this podcast and know, make just, you feel I, like you're chilling know, too much it's like oh god i have
1: done things i've done things in the last i have been working on others it's like i brought you over here to ask if you're going to the gym or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've been eating better like you were talking about yeah
1: uh yeah, yeah. A, by the way we, we were talking about we just moved in here I, we have a gym in the basement it's
0: still hard for me to go yeah
1: fucking basement i could take an elevator with my shorts on yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) i go maybe once a week yeah i've actually been like the last few weeks been going back to the gym a lot because i used to work out a lot and go to the gym and eat well and then i just stopped doing all of those things
1: i yeah i didn't bring that up to to say you specifically my thing is the gym yeah and doing comedy man oh my god even just thinking of that red deer show uh i each night i drank 14 beers and ate like nachos and just fucking mcdonald's with in, with yeah. chris gordon and just died like you can't on the road you get destroyed it's so crazy
0: yeah yeah the, that's where it's like you really got to be um what's the word I'm, i was going to say frugal but it's not frugal well maybe frugal with your food choices but yeah. not like not frugal but i think more monetary based uh just like you got to be frugal fr- with your fries <laughs> yeah you got to be careful <laughs> and not just cuz it's so easy to like just eat shit cuz it's just there and you don't have any where to cook anything anyway so it's like and how many how many six inch whole wheat veggie subs can you eat you know like yeah. you just get bored of that shit too so
1: oh yeah i plus like the i think even the buns at subway are like science projects yeah they taste weird yeah yeah they don't taste like really like weird. when you bite into them like ghosts fly out and shit <laughs> like um, the skeleton with the crossbones um yeah, so this is maybe a good seg then into now we're going to build your what your utopian world would look like. So
0: now you right. can have you have all the options in the galaxy to create. Well, this yeah, this is a good seg. I I I almost have like a joke one and then a a real one, but the, the let's the, go both. Cuz the joke one's um uh would it, it's actually kind of like a nice fantasy one where it's like I just wish that all the stuff that was bad for you wasn't. Like, if we could live in a world where pizza didn't make you fat, you didn't get hung over from drinking, smoking didn't give you cancer, like, just all all your id-related things were just good to go, and, you know, uh, that would be, like... I would love that. Yeah, as I say, it's kind of a joke one, but it is, like, that would be great. You know, that would be probably the most ideal thing that I could think of. I know, I'm sure people... Well, like, world peace and all that kind of stuff, they say. Uh, it's uh, okay. because You would kill can... people. <laughs> <laughs> people could
1: die in front of your face while you eat pizza. That's good for you. <laughs> that's the great thing about making
0: it up yourself. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Alligators eat these people. And, like, <laughs> a world where, like, one sit-up gave you abs, you know? <laughs> just Just, yeah. like, like, just, boom, you got abs. Everybody should get to have abs at least once in their life. I think it's so funny that those, speaking of
1: that, yeah, those soldiers slash like turned actors or whatever they became from that era yeah
0: they all had that weird fold mark in their stomach yeah yeah
1: from doing that
0: (laughs) army sit-up yeah yeah like it wasn't really yeah it wasn't an actual like like it was like one ab or something yeah yeah it was like a wire was pressed (laughs) around them um
1: yeah that's great i have ideas like that all the time even now because kathleen and i are about to have a child in Mm -hmm. this fucking world and so sometimes i even think In this real world that we live in, if everyone's so obsessed with the apocalypse being around the corner, maybe my best advice to my child is drink whiskey, smoke cigars,
0: (laughs) and enjoy as much cheeseburgers as you can. Yeah, there's sometimes you just, I mean, I know, I've definitely had that thought with certain things like smoking or like eating some food and like, fuck, the world's gonna end anyway, might as well just eat this. And it's such just like... It's almost the most pathetic way to justify gorging on pizza at, like, 2 in the morning, you know? It's, like, the saddest way you could do it. Well, the world's going to end anyway. Like, that's... Like, <laughs> It'd be funny if, like, you. I picture you
1: drunk, like, after a show calling a pizza place. And then it's, like, one forty-five, and they're like, hello? And you're like, hi, since the world is going to end, I'd like a large pepperoni pizza.
0: <laughs> Double cheese and just all just, the meat you have left. Yeah, all just the meat shake it on left there. in your uh, basement, in your... Uh, but only because the world's ending. Remember, it's only because the world's ending. Yeah, sir, we don't care. We get three <laughs> of these calls, like, at this time from just people who decided. Yeah, please, yeah, yeah
1: sir, please don't say the world's ending. I have three children. <laughs> you're like, all right, <laughs> just bring me the pizza. <laughs> just, yeah, fine. I like that. So everything that you, let's face it, we all love, doesn't have these damn repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, can I you you smoke still mm-hmm. yeah you don't mind me saying that no, no no i smoked for like over 10 maybe 10 years and uh you know so I've, i haven't for uh about 11 years but, oh wow but i still would any minute
0: if like if it was a bomb there.
1: exploded <laughs> or if fukushima <laughs> happened here yeah yeah <laughs> like i'd be like cool <sighs>
0: <laughs> those are the levels of stress too that like you don't realize you're going to encounter after you quit smoking. And obviously not like a bomb, but like <laughs> like it's weird things. Like when I quit smoke because I quit smoking for like a year and a half. And when I did, I was like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Like yeah, I can get through because like you sort of learn to get through the daily activities. Like oh, I don't smoke after I eat, eat anymore. When I drink, I don't smoke anymore. When I do, yeah. and you can easily get over those. And then I moved to London, and my whole life was just in chaos. And I was just like, oh yeah, that's the one that you're like, oh, I would normally smoke because I'm so fucking worried about everything around me and what what career choices i've made and life cho- like did i do the right thing yeah so those ones it be, you need that crutch yeah it snaps back I in i forgot you were there for quite a while how long exactly were you in london uh, england about like close to a year and a half not a little under that so not yeah and uh, do is it just me watching
1: tv and british films do they do more people smoke there
0: anyways? Like it yeah. seems smoky there. Yeah, yeah, smoking in smoking in Europe like, in
1: general and most drinking of, to the max until midnight and then puking. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> most other parts of the world I think smoking is is still more socially acceptable. It's like yeah. it's it's not a good thing. I think we it's probably better that it isn't here cuz you know what one of the, remember yeah. when um they they in in Canada they started putting cigarettes behind like in stores behind those big metal slide down things or whatever. Yeah. And everybody's like, that's so stupid. Like, what does that actually do? Who cares? Yeah. Well, I was th- like, you know, two years or three years before I, that happened, before I moved to London. So I was not not used to seeing cigarettes at all in stores. And then I moved to London, and I started just seeing there's just cigarettes again right behind in, like, in stores. Right. And, and I was stressed out, so i just go in. I'd just be buying, like, a bottle of water, and I'd just look up and see a pack of Marlboros. And I was just like, I'd really like those pack of Marlboros <laughs> right yeah. now. Like, and, I mean, that's not... And cigarette packs are designed to, to be catching and yeah, you know. release
1: those pleasure. Yeah, because I think they should do that with chips. <laughs> yeah,
0: hide the chips. Put I'd a blanket over your chips. chips. Oh man. Yeah. If yeah. they hid chips, I'd be it's so sailing. It's so funny though, because like I think the uh, uh, like ultimate goal anybody wants to get to is to have enough self control that they can see chips <laughs> and not have <laughs> to smash them into their face. Yeah. But it is true. That's like I think <laughs> like people talk about it, like. The people who are, like, the most against, like, like, certain things probably have, like, a problem with it. Like, people were are like, I don't like gay people, probably gay. People who are like, we need to get rid of internet porn. Or, like, I watch too much internet porn. Yeah, yeah, just you know? say the real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just make it illegal so I don't have to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. But, well, it is like
1: that weird fundamentalist uh, Christian person that's always like, oh, I had a relapse
0: again where I was gay for a weekend. <laughs> I need yeah. to go back to. Yeah, I prayed it out, though. Don't worry. I'm good now. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> always some, like, Republican, anti-gay, hyper-religious person who was caught with, like, a male prostitute in, like, you know, some weird seedy it motel. It happens, I mean, I don't know if it's a
1: a bias towards news reporting, but the, how many Republicans and how many uh, Catholic priests, like, are, yeah. are uh, just going
0: bonkers? Well, I think, it's yeah, like, the, and the Catholic priest thing is just built up, like insanely built up sexual tension of being supposedly being celibate like they probably haven't yeah. been celibate in the full way their most of their lives but like yeah. trying to do it and then feeling guilty about having thoughts and urges and just like i don't know all- i think david cross summed it up the best on
1: his first album shut up you fucking baby or whatever i don't do you think- remember that i don't
0: know if i heard that oh
1: man i'll play it for you later you guys at home pause this and go listen to <laughs> That part where he basically describes, anyways, I don't even want to say it. I'll play it for you. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess it's uh, crazy, but yeah, it is. Seems like repressed people are the ones that have the biggest issue with other people. It always seems so blatantly obvious that they're projecting outwards their own insecurities onto other people. Yeah, I no. think like uh, people need to be teached or taught from scratch as children to accept who they are, good and bad, within themselves first, and then. I'm, like, barfing while I talk, (laughs) you know, except that you're a gross, unsettling creature. (laughs) (laughs) I I transform into a priest and just start raping you. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, like, you know, there's something about maybe it's easy to say in our uh, pretty chill culture, you know, to say that. But I do think it's like. If there were more steps to teaching people acceptance, and I think I think our society is moving towards, yeah, I think at so. a younger age, then uh, then you have no problem with other people
0: being who they are either. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. The whole thing always sort of baffled me. Um, is this part of the serious side of your utopia? I I know we got. Digressed. Oh no! I have like another just another opinion on the idea of utopia. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, just. I, mean, I think we agree on that whole repressed person thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just think that like the uh the idea of utopia uh, doesn't work ever. I remember hearing about utopia when I was a kid and like what a utopia was and just this paradise of everything's perfect and everything everybody has everything they want. Yeah. And I just don't I remember thinking then that that's just not possible and you know my opinion on it developed over time just being like, I don't think people want that. I don't think it's within our nature to want everything to be good all the time. Yeah. There's a certain amount of stress and fear and negative emotions, well, which we call negative emotions like sadness or uh, uh, you know, depression or anger or whatever, all the ones that you would label as being negative, that are actually positive for so many things. Like, I don't know if you ever saw this movie. I'm going to quote a, a Pixar movie right now, but the uh, it was called... Um, Oh man, I forget actually what it was called, but it was the one where the it was like the little girl who had her all her emotions in her brain. It's in like in up for an Oscar, I think. Yeah, Inside yeah. Out or up yeah, by, that's inside what I, my damn head. Inside my <laughs> damn head. So I watched it with my girlfriend like a little while ago, yeah. and it honestly was the best explanation of emotions, how we feel yeah. them, and what they're all good for. Like, so the character's sadness or whatever. She like they're always like oh she's a downer whoa nobody likes her but then you realize that by her being sad at one point in time it caused people to help her which made her happy and good yeah. learned a valuable thing so that's what I mean like the negative emotions that we I can't believe I just quoted Pixar but uh, no but I thought that was speaking
1: of religions earlier <laughs> I thought that was like a really clever explanation to young children to show them growing up a non-mythological religious way of thinking about how your emotions work with inside you. Yeah, yeah.
0: I th- it's a really, it's a really cool idea. Instead of thinking
1: like, God's making me act funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just being like, okay. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, I thought that was really great. But I... I, th- So I, the negative... And the ancient Greek uh, original meaning of the word utopia is, I think, no place. Like, I think they know it's inherently... Oh, okay. Uh yeah. Never, it's, it's contradictory. Like it's yeah. impossible. Well, because okay, look Cause at if everything's perfect, you don't know. If, do you know if it's perfect?
0: Look at like what a uh, like a, a today. What could be almost considered utopia is the Western world, especially if you look at like the upper, you know, couple of percent of people. They have all the money, their parents had all the money, their grandparents had all the money, mm-hmm. they have power, they have opportunity, and they end up being pill popping weirdos. They like, have affluenza. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> They're given everything. Yeah. I mean, utopia obviously isn't just about money, but really money buys a certain level of happiness. It gives you certain opportunities. You can go to the best school, you can get a job guaranteed. You can just buy whatever you want whenever you want it and those yeah. people end up having the weirdest most fucked up problems you know yeah because like once you get to a certain point after okay I'm, i don't need to just buy food and clothing anymore and have a place to live now i can start addressing my wants instead of just my needs the more you get your the more opportunity you have to take care of more needs and more wants and whatever, then you just become weird. Yeah. So I think that's what you. I think utopia would just be a bunch of people sitting around having whatever they wanted, eating pizza, not getting fat, smoking cigarettes, not getting cancer, just having anything they wanted whenever they wanted it. Everybody was always happy, and then we we just find a way to fuck that up. There would every like I just don't <laughs> think we'd ever be able to do it. Uh,
1: yeah. I like you're the. I think you might be the first guest that's come on and been like. Uh,
0: we just can't have a utopia, all right? <laughs> <laughs> End your podcast already. <laughs> the idea can't work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, well, uh, other past guests have gone down that path to a degree, and it does get to the point where it's like, well, now if I'm taking this part out of people's uh, character, like, you know, uh, being judgmental or being self-aware that uh everything is too perfect and uh, you know whatever and and then they get like anxious or like you know feeling that void still i don't know yeah it gets complicated but
0: uh so i like the pizza one yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I I think in order to like do it you'd have to yeah, what you ultimately have to do is say okay, everything you want you will be able to have whenever you want it. Everybody yeah. will be able to do that. Everybody will be happy. No one will feel sadness. No one will be physically hurt or abused or anything. That's the world we're going to live in. There'll be no wars. But now we're just going to take away this part of your brain that makes you overthink anything, and all you're just going to do is get on your four wheeler with your six pack of Budweiser and then drive to the orgy, you know, like that. <laughs> and you're not going to be like thinking about anything other than that. You're going to be able because yeah. like, but if that is the utopian world,
1: everybody's got a four wheeler, Bud, and they're boinking. Who
0: is watching to judge that? maybe it's a okay. that's okay. No, that would be fine. I yeah. mean, I think you're the perfect utopian world for anybody would be their like my utopian world would not necessarily jive with somebody else's totally, but I think yeah. in a perfect utopia everybody gets it's like what the description of heaven is, right? You yeah. get to go there and whatever you like the best happens yeah. for you all the time and like, you know, that's sort of the world that you live in and that that would be fine, I guess. Uh it probably I don't know, but it just seems like if you if you still have that higher level of thinking where you have any sort of criticism, you just sort of stop at some point in time and go, I don't even want to go to an orgy. I want to, you know, like, I don't know. It seems like, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to formulate it into to words properly. I just it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it's it is hard because I I This it's a deceptively deep uh, podcast. Ultimately <laughs> ultimately whatever would happen is if you were like bored of something then you would just do something else that you wanted to do and you yeah. would always just be going from what you wanted to do to what you wanted to do and uh I almost find, in a way, there's
1: a part of me that feels like you're a person that needs to punish yourself a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, well, I do s- self-flagellate. Or is that what the... When the, the, the yeah. Fl- yeah, the flogging. I do that Whenever every day. Whenever you get a dirty thought. Yeah, anytime Whip I get a erection, I just hit myself with a knotted rope. <laughs> yeah. Out, demon, yelling at your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But...
1: Uh, no, I, it's a good way to think because... Uh, well... E- another topic i genuinely like that is not the premise of my podcast but that i think about in real life all the time i mean i'm reading all this buddhist stuff now and i have before because i really like it Mm because it's not like buddha was like hey man i fucked up for a long time like just chill these are some ideas yeah yeah. you know what i mean it's the philosophy it's not like a religion but so so now i always because i because i always go back to eastern philosophy because even outside of this podcast i try to think In the real world that we live in, uh, is peace possible? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like it by the way that any, not just us, are like, I think it's interesting that humans live each day chastising themselves for their behavior. Yeah. But if you took us off the planet... All these other creatures are being shitty to each other, too. Oh, for sure. So it's a part yeah. of nature beyond human...
0: Yeah, human beings just manage Humans to... Humans, like,
1: making it dramatic about themselves.
0: Right, because we manage to do it in such a way that, like, we, you know, live for this long period of time. We build structures. We take over ecosystems and environments that aren't ours. But, yeah, if we weren't here, there would still be, like, lions chasing down the sickest, most wounded... <laughs> You know, yeah. gazelle in Africa. And oh, I was picturing eat. a butterfly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> imagine you saw a lion just Chasing rip a, a butterfly, butterfly to shreds.
0: <laughs> okay, but yeah, 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 yeah. The hunting know, would still be, yeah, happening and they'd big be eating time. eating the 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 cubs of another male who came into their pride and you know had sex with the lioness, and then had, she had this. He'd eat those to prove his male done. Like yeah. nature is way more cruel, but it's not cruel because yeah. it's nature. There's no when when people do things, it's looked at as being cruel and there's some aspect it's it's greed but you know when people uh are part of like a oil company and try to convince people no no we still need oil and we'll drill here and we'll do this mm-hmm. it's really bad for the world but they do it because it's going to give them even more money it's greed which could be construed as being evil but it's just it you know, in some ways it's very natural for any living organism to want as much as they possibly can and normally there's checks and balances like in nature there's more checks and balances than with mankind because or mm-hmm. person kind humankind sorry i have to slip uh, yeah. <laughs> a million emails I'll kill uh, you <laughs> yeah but we weird That was a woman saying that. <laughs> yes, yeah <laughs> that voice i did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. But yeah there's more t- there's not as many checks and balances because we you know supposed to have a government that regulates things but they don't and you know nobody you know there's no and and even like the super rich fat cat greedy
1: guy that's uh, uh making up junk science and lies to justify drilling oil in his mind he's justifying that he's getting as much money and land and wealth as possible for his family and for he's still it's still a like he's still justifies in his mind that it's for the good of like the dominant lion would eat those cubs to justify like this is for my family and my dominance yeah yeah it's like this weird human version of that yeah so it's it's weird (laughs) so i think like i brought that up because what you're saying about utopian world a perfect world for human beings is impossible it's like right on tune with what i've been thinking about our actual world recently yeah You know, with like ISIS, you try to be like, can we
0: deal with that in a nice way? Well, people are so divisive now, too. Nobody, nobody like communicates. Like you look at like the elections coming up in the States and you look at like how Donald Trump is and look at how Ted Cruz is and even look at like. I mean, e- even like Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, they're not they're not Republican ass assholes about it. Like, but they're they're still like citing each other like Hillary can't do this and look what yeah. she did and everything's so divisive. And it's like you're you're part of the same party. Like, yeah. uh, I just and I find that 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 that's in communication now, too. And it's on social media. It's just the way people exchange ideas now. Like you would never see J- John F. Kennedy when he was running for president, be like, and that guy over there who's running against me is a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Like, you would just... They never... Like, it just... Over time, it became this... Like, with when Reagan got... I think it was... Yeah, Reagan got into office and then just... Once that ball started rolling, just the the way people had political discussions and discourse, what ha- ended up happening on TV with these talking headpieces on Fox or CNN or whatever, it's always have this guy on who has these talking points and have this guy on who has the opposite talking points, and then they're just going to make sure they hit all those points. No one's going to listen to each other, and that's – we'll call it a day. We'll, no one's learned anything, and we'll call it a day. Yeah. Everybody picks a side right away. No one, No one – ever changes their opinions anymore yeah
1: it's like they almost sort of get like a dummy uh or like a patsy to come across as the crazier
0: one yeah and then the lesser crazy guys yeah it's like this weird setup and like yeah and it's it's even like on social media when people tweet or make these social like like the after the paris attacks and people were talking about like syrian refugees and they were like anybody who thinks it's not a good idea to let syrian refugees in here you are not even part of the discussion you're so stupid like people just throwing down that it's like yeah. No, there are people who probably are a little skeptical of the idea, and you right. need those people. You need people to be a little skeptical of the idea. The ones who are super skeptical and ignorant and dumb who are just like, I don't want any of these goddamn Muslims in my country. Fuck off. You know, yeah. Those are people that are like, okay, you're way too extreme. You're not making any points. But yeah. people who are like, no, we need to talk about it. We need to find a vetting system. We need to do certain things. Right. Like, you're You can't just write everybody off because they don't have the same bleeding heart principles as you or the same heart. Hard nosed conservative principles, and the thing as is, you. is they
1: might in a second, but. Y- yeah, you're you're wanting them to be on board immediately. Yeah, instead of
0: like being uh, objective for like two days. Have a half an hour, forty five <laughs> minute long. Yeah, have a forty five yeah. minute long conversation with them, and yeah. maybe you'll make enough good points. But the problem is, you probably don't have any of your own. Yeah. You just want to do what you think is right, and you don't necessarily know if it's right. You just feel like it makes you feel good. I you think know?
1: you're right that it's a huge symptom of the internet, especially obviously Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, because it's uh, it is like. Um, it's like um yeah facebook for most people are nine to five workers and facebook and twitter to them is like recess like when we were kids yeah when you're on recess you wanted to be on like the best soccer team or whatever the team was and if you know and then you just wanted to fucking destroy the other team it's still that shit yeah you know it's like let me take a break from my boring boring life (laughs) and just yell at people that are on the shittier team it's like this weird, like, yeah, it's all ego-driven, it's self-centered, and it's probably, I, I hate to say this, but for a lot of the people that are, and I'm glad with what Canada's uh, doing with the Syrian refugees, I'm on board with Oh, that. for sure. Of yeah. course, but objectively, I am saying that a lot of the immediate bleeding heart people that you were referring to um, probably don't even, like, really still think about it. It was just a hot topic for them to yell at people
0: about yeah, yeah. a month ago they don't realize that it's still actually happening now and like yeah. bringing more people in and, and finding places to obviously Canada or landmass and stuff. We have a lot of places to put people. We do have a lot of resources, so that's yeah. fine. But like there are, <clears throat> there are aspects of it that, that you need to take into consideration. Like, you know, if, if the money that it costs and, and the, the, the fact that there is an element of danger that like when you're just bringing in and you claim to say where you're going to take in 50,000 or a hundred thousand people or whatever, that, that's a large group of people. Like it's hard to conceptualize what a hundred thousand people are, but you—that's a hundred thousand people with their own stories, their own things, and you need to know which one is which. And the fact that like somebody could sneak through using that system to do something is not far-fetched. And it's—it doesn't mean that you halt the whole process, like someone like Donald Trump calls for. But it yeah. also doesn't mean that somebody who says, I'm not sure about this, you go, well, you're an idiot and you're wrong right away yeah. because it's not its not even kind of out of the realm of possibility. It's, it, it's right within the wheelhouse of what yeah. could happen in that situation. Yeah,
1: there is literally uh,
0: ISIS in Syria. Yeah, and they could easily, you know, something like that could happen anyway. But it's – I just – I don't – I really get disappointed with people when I just – I think you're like, yeah, you like, oh, sorry. I'll, no, no, I mean, I'll i say is I get really disappointed when I watch someone make like a very, you know, whatever leaning, whether it's left or right statement that starts out divisive, starts out in a way that's like, and if you don't agree with every single word in, in the order that it's in within yeah. this p- point that I'm trying to make. Then you're part of the problem You're an idiot You're wrong You're you know? a Nazi Yeah Or yeah. you're like
1: a Nazi <laughs> Yeah you're like a Nazi That
0: comes down a lot In uh, political discussions Because It's people who are Removing the gray From the world we live in And just putting it You're with me Or you're against me Yeah And it's it's funny Because I, I do find It's a lot of Left wing liberal people Who are really Having that uh, Like uh, right wing people Have always done it But like I find it's a lot of Liberal people Who are saying You're either with me Or against me on this And it's like like you're actually using like what George W. Bush said going into Iraq. Like yeah. you're with us or you're with the terrorists. It's like you're you're saying there's just a lot of hypocrisy. If somebody you somebody who would say the or conduct themselves in a certain way, and then you're saying that person's terrible, but then you're using their tactics. Like yeah, it's I don't I don't get it. E- yeah,
1: either f- w- yeah either. As far as the pendulum swings left or right, it uh, turns to a weird sort of fascism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. You got to be a bit more open-minded for sure and uh, let yourself take a deep breath and be objective for one second. Yeah, realize that yeah.
0: most of the stuff that you're arguing about isn't directly affecting your life right now. And let's say it is. Let's say it affects your life in some way or shape or form at this moment. It's It's not, it's still not, unless it's you're in peril over it. There is time to be able to stop and think and listen and do other things. And there's certain people you can write off and go, okay, well, this person's not worth listening to. But usually those are the people who say things like, if you don't agree with me, or 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 try to say, hey, listen, you idiot, stop doing this. Like, I hate when people try to like write an opinion. I, I wrote something about... Um, it was a, the, It was about the PC culture, and somebody wrote a blog that was like, anybody who thinks that there's a PC culture that's ruining comedy or something like that is just a whiny baby. It needs to shut up. Like that's so, me <laughs> paraphrasing, but that's, that's a nice but argument. But yeah, that's pretty much what the headline was. And obviously, it's clickbait and it's bullshit. Yeah. But people read this and go, "Well, this is fact." And it's like, "No, first of all, it's a blog, which means yeah. it's someone's opinion. It's probably not, there's probably not even going to be things of fact in it. It's going to be sentiment and feeling and not really right. any hard nosed fact. Second of all. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to listen to anybody who's trying to convince me of something by starting it out and calling me a whiny baby who needs to shut up. Like, now you've just eliminated yourself from – there's no point in trying to have an intellectual conversation with you. If you were like, hey, here's why I think PC culture isn't ruining comedy, I, I'd read that article and then wouldn't go into it going, fuck this asshole right away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I knew that I'd probably turn this <laughs> thing about utopia into something like this, but I just—I don't. We're, we're all fucked, man. Let's just get a pizza. Let's order a pizza right now. Yeah. Just call them up. And in the
1: real world, it's not good for you. But who gives a shit? Fuck you. I'm eating it because we're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, 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 angry
0: at each other. <laughs> yeah, just mad, <laughs> just yelling. If you don't get that, I like this pizza. You're you're what's wrong, man. Maybe you're part yeah, of the I'm problem.
1: I'm wrong to generalize sometimes too, because when I think about this stuff that you're talking about. I do generalize and be like, this is all self-centered and ego-driven, and they're not passionate about the topics, really. It's all about this uh, egotistical void within themselves that they're constantly trying to fill uh, to make themselves feel better than other people because they hate themselves they're losers
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then i I agree with part of that maybe
1: they are politically passionate as well right they're just bad arguers i don't really look at it that way most of the time i always write it off as like and i
0: think i think there there is part of it where they are egotistical and people who don't really pay enough attention to what's going on and then something happens and they decide to say because it puts them on the moral high ground it's very easy to say as a person we should let all the all the all the refugees in uh, I think we should do that um, because we have to be caring people, and, and, and you know maybe in more of an inflammatory way, as I say, accusing people who don't necessarily agree with that opinion. But like to say that, and then you go moral high ground. That's it for today. I'm uh, I'm the person who cares about other people. You're the person who doesn't. And then the, the, you know they get that. It's the same thing when after Paris, people started changing their profile pictures to the the, the French flag, and then people were like, oh look, I changed my picture of the french flag i helped you know it's like no i get it you're Mm -hmm. all being shitty to each other the person who changed the thing the French flag didn't really do anything, but they didn't not do anything and it's a symbol, that's what a flag is anyway. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> just to watch the levels of decay that the, after that one event, how everybody was just like, if you if you're saying anything pro gun right now, you're a piece of shit. And then other people like and then the the good people were like being good they thought, and then other people were attacking them for not being good enough, for not caring about another thing that happened. It was yeah, just yeah. to watch it devolve. You're like yeah. that's what's happening here?
1: Yeah, it's like if you're sad about the what happened in Paris right now, uh, this happened
0: in uh, yeah, you know, like Kenya, like or whatever, like yeah. a million years ago. You're either trying you're to like, damn it, <laughs> you're, either tr- you're either trying to make me feel so bad about something that I just put a gun in my mouth, or you're like, <laughs> or you're trying to show that you're better. Like, by the way, the world's equally as shitty over here. Actually, it's such a shitty place. Just fucking end it right now. Just stop even trying. <laughs> It was just, I don't know, just the, piling it the, on. The, the
1: sort of, it's very dark uh, humor, but the funniest thing in the last year was it came from a very terrible tragedy. The The thing that happened at the Charlie Hebdo office is fucking scary, mm-hmm. and it obviously shocked the world, and it's a shame that it happened. Very terrible. Uh, the humorous part in after that, though, to me is when everybody was like, je suis Charlie, all solidarity, fine, I get it. Freedom of expression, I'm all for that too. But everyone's like, je suis Charlie. And then, over the next year, we see the cartoons that charlie hebdo really makes yeah yeah not like anyone should ever deserve to be Shot, murdered yeah, by, yeah or even punched for that but it's a shitty magazine oh yeah yeah and they are very
0: racist oh. and cruel yeah just the way they draw like muslims and jews and stuff it's all like caricatures it's and very bad yeah
1: yeah the- so now you're like uh just je sweet je je charlie but you know please don't kill people yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah like they just did that cartoon recently about like the the unfortunate like the syrian child that drowned like the refugee and then they like did a what suppose he grew he did grow up he'd be like this like uh ass pincher like whatever he was saying like the did you see it no oh it's like they did a terrible distasteful comic about like if that kid grew up he might have just been a guy that like pinches girls butts anyways it was very yeah, racist, yeah. very that
0: doesn't bad do, taste. doesn't do anything for anybody, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, who's that for? I have to find it online to show you, but it's like... How like, how can you even look at, like, a dead child on a beach and go, oh, I'm going to speculate what his life is going to be like, would have been, like, after this, and I bet you it was bad. <laughs> like... Yeah. You you have no idea. <laughs> it's like... But I feel like that's a good,
1: uh, like, example of the knee-jerk reactionism. Because we we all agree that no one should be murdered for expressing themselves. That's the thing. But then we all we were like, it's just that the the Je suis Charlie thing took off. And then it was like, oh no, we're still backing something that makes, it's not killing people, but it makes millions of people feel terrible (laughs) about themselves. I I
0: read an article like, very shortly after the Charlie Hebdo thing and it was yeah. like some guy like yeah nobody deserves to get killed but here are the things they put out and just going through it and read it's like they are a racist organization like yeah. they are this they are that but yeah you should be allowed to put that stuff out and then people should have a choice whether or not to buy it and yeah and that's it. But that's like it, yeah. that's that's where it ends, you know? The machine gun part is kind of fucking insane. And then yeah, then <laughs> people doing that's nuts. And then uh but even people just saying like trying to sign petitions to get people to stop writing things or saying things I find is getting like insane. You know? Right.
1: It's weird being a comedian when we're on this thing where it's like let us at least even if we make a mistake make the mistake so then we could think see if we need to apologize or not or talk to the people that are offended but now it's like people sometimes go to comedy shows with their arms folded waiting
0: waiting for you to, to, to you say censor something. a live person that's like trying to be a goof <laughs> yeah and like whatever people who say that there's certain topics that are off limits that you shouldn't be able to talk about it's like I, I my back gets up with that i'm like most of the times the topics that they're saying are off limits are not things that i actually talk about me <laughs> or, too or yeah, want yeah. to but I, I still no i'm not a controversial yeah, guy anyways but yeah I, I still don't like it when people come up to me and tell me what i'm allowed to talk about in, in any way shape or form or tell me that there's certain things that just aren't funny yeah um i you know i could debate that with somebody but it's i i wouldn't feel the need to write one of those jokes but at the same time it's like just stop stop trying to tell people what's fun. I I just, I don't understand all these comics. There's so many new comics out there now who are like, here's what you shouldn't be able to joke about. Like, you're a comic. Why are you limiting... Any yeah. subject matter from yourself, because you start with this, and okay, it's these things most general people agree. Okay, these are the things we shouldn't talk about. Okay, fine. Yeah. And then what? Then what's the next thing? What's everything hurts somebody's feelings. Like the the one that I had, because I, I don't do a lot of controversial stuff, but I had somebody try to get me fired from a Yacht Club one time. They emailed me. They emailed the club, Whoa. and they told me to stop doing. Were a you doing joke. a weekend somewhere? Yeah, I was headlining at the Halifax Club, and, and it was uh, like the first night after the first night. or Yeah, something? I think it was the Thursday. Yeah, I think it was the Thursday, yeah. and it was some. I did a joke about gluten allergies and and it's like you know it's relatively harsh i suppose joke about yeah. gluten people don't care about your gluten just just eat it die we don't give a shit what <laughs> like stop asking it's obviously stuff. like silly hyperbole yeah, yeah it's it's hyperbole for sure it's not yeah. it wouldn't come off across as silly i wouldn't imagine but it's definitely yeah, well, it's definitely yeah. hyperbole but you're in a comedy club yeah exactly so you should sort of be able <laughs> to you know yeah and she just was this 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 girl was uh she was mad she was like a Like a medical student at uh, Dalhousie, and was just like, I have celiac disease, and you know, I left. I don't want to die. I left the club crying, you know, saying that people with my disorder should die, and blah blah blah. And like yeah. wrote this big, long thing. And then I, I actually responded to her because I don't really get these that often. If I got them a lot, I would not mm-hmm. be responding. But I was just responded. was like, look, I mean, I understand. Here's why I'm going to still tell the joke and why you're wrong. It's because of all the things that I talked about, this is the one that affects you personally. So you don't want me to talk about it. But you have no complaints about anything. And then I listed the jokes and the people that could be offended by them. And I was like, if you go to each one of these people, I would have no jokes to tell. Like, because right. something will bother everybody. You can't let one person decide what you can and cannot tell. But then, yeah, then she emailed the club, and the club manager was cool at the time. He's just like, yeah, I just laughed it off. That's hilarious. But, like, yeah. <laughs> she tried. That was actually trying to censor me and cost me money. Like, she thought I should lose money and be censored both at the yeah. same time. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I think that's an interesting point you raised, that
1: uh, she's only affected by. She, she chose to like be affected by the only one that speaks to her directly, yeah. and she was totally fine with all the other stuff that might be judged, uh, you know, aggressive by anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point about all this. Uh,
0: whenever, whenever knee jerk any- uh, sensitivity stuff. Yeah. Whenever anybody tells me that they're offended by something, I go, "Okay, that's great," and I'm sure there's probably a portion of people who are offended by it, but there's somebody who is offended by or doesn't like lots of things. And the people who don't like those things can just not, you know, see them. They can even tell people, oh, I hate that person. They're terrible, blah, blah, blah. But you can't stop the person from saying the thing, you know? Yeah. And also, like, uh, I've
1: seen shows. This is what a lot of, like, audiences or people at home reading articles only in front of their computer for the most of their life don't get is... We see a million comedy shows, and we see uh, comedians say sometimes terrible things, and the audience doesn't respond and the, uh, and the comedian feels that <laughs> They feel that they said something shitty that won't get a laugh, and they don't want to be that guy. Yeah, they will probably take it out of their act if the audience if enough audiences like give them the same fucking response like they're trying something and they fucked up. Yeah. you know what I mean? like uh yeah i saw someone do uh, a joke um anyways (laughs) let's just say there was an accompanying voice impersonation attached to the joke Mm -hmm. and it instantly turned the whole room off and the person was mad that it didn't work but in the end of the day They'll probably get that reaction a few more times and cut it from their act because it's just not funny. That's not what a com- comedian wants to do. Yeah, yeah, it's bomb.
0: Yeah, we don't, <laughs> you don't know? like bombing. And the ones that don't know they bomb all the time are just they're you know they're guess, a special breed. <laughs> yeah, I guess what
1: the point I'm trying to make is comedians if they're saying something that's super shitty over and over again, they will just censor themselves. Yeah, the culture like doesn't have to like police them as much as they think.
0: And I want to say, yeah, exactly. Mm. I wanted like to the people who say like. You know, at our show, no rape jokes or we don't do, you know, you can never tell a rape joke. Rape jokes (laughs) aren't funny. what What I want to say is just like that's of course they're not funny. Get out of the open mics. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Because like the open mic scene is full of a bunch of young people who don't know what they're doing. They think like shock humor is funny, or they think they can make it funny. For every reason. I don't know why you would take on the topic of rape and try to make it funny. I don't understand that. But I get that some people will do it. But I I go to shows where no one tells rape jokes. I haven't seen somebody tell a rape joke in years, because I I got out of the low-level open mic scene. That's such a good point. I don't watch... I don't watch new comics. I have no interest in it. I go. I show up. I sit out in the main bar area, have a beer or two, do my set, sit out in the main bar area, leave. I have no interest. So I don't see them. And then I also don't go to those shows that often because I'm yeah. just, I've been doing it for long enough. I don't you know, have to go to some of them. And I go to work yeah. on new stuff and stuff like that sometimes. But yeah, yeah. just, <laughs> just like, get out of that scene for That's a little while. That's such
1: a good point. When I was a kid, yeah, or when I was younger, first getting into it, I did only open mics and it was a slug fest yeah and everybody was or not everybody but there was so much racism racism homophobia sexism but then i realized i was trying to figure out like why is it so shitty and like i'm trying to do like something you know uh just be just be funny like what is this anger and all this anger and then i realized the the especially the males they just moved out of their parents house for the most part they're like 19 or 20 they still think their mom or dad is a dick
0: yeah (laughs) yeah you know what i'm
1: saying and there's they haven't had a lot of sex yet yeah yeah so they're just these raging dudes that want to fuck yeah and so everything they say comes across as angry and misogynist yeah but it's just because they're horny fucking uh nerds (laughs) yeah like Of course, we're all offended by horny nerds. It's a hard phase to go through. (laughs) We're offended by ourselves when we're going through that phase. That's (laughs) It's totally true. That's the symptom of the open mics is that, yeah, you're just like, you can't go to, yeah, it's basically like going to a gym uh, locker room and being like, why does it smell like farts and sweat in here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, because you're in a gym locker room. Yeah,
0: yeah. It smells like protein farts and gross balls. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, that's like, you know, <laughs> the open mic scene is is like, is like a good scene in Toronto. There's a lot of good, like, independent shows and, like, you know, month, <laughs> yeah. monthlies we and stuff. We should say. Yeah, there's tons of good stuff. There's a million good shows. But there's also, like... This, but if that's the vibe you see, yeah, you're at one of those shows. There's so many shows <laughs> I would never, you know, I just don't go to. I go to specific ones I, you know, like or whatever. And as I say, I don't watch the, the comics a lot of the time doing it, you know, because it's... I've seen enough comedy shows. I don't need to see open oh, my comics yeah. on a Tuesday night. It's not like a good. Enjoy your journey. Have a good time. But I'm not. Yeah. I don't need to watch. Sit there and watch it anymore. Yeah. Um So I don't see this stuff. And if it's out there, that's. I, so I would. I would never tell them. Oh, oh, comics don't tell rape jokes because very likely you could be yeah. doing garbage rooms where they are doing that. But just take a break from some of those rooms, and you know, like. And I would also like to say, like being, I'm sure,
1: I, for sure, even. Not even that young. I've said jokes that I, uh, the tonally I regret uh, even in in my career growing up. Like most of those comics, if they still really want to just be a comedian and entertain people, they will grow out of those phases too. Yeah. They will go through those growing pains and learn like I said, the audience is always the best judge.
0: Yeah, and also, you know? like, when you're young, you do sometimes confuse shocking for funny, getting, like, a, yeah. a, a, like a whoa or whatever. Sometimes yeah. it's just Ooh. as cathartically appealing, <laughs> and you feel like you're getting... Like, I'm sure when I started out, I had Holocaust jokes or uh, <laughs> 9-11 jokes or something that I was yeah. like, hey, this is a clever turn of phrase on this. And it wasn't. and it was, Or even if it was kind of, it still wasn't worth it. And then, you know, you weed that stuff out of your out of your act as you grow up yeah. and you, you know realize well I'm not gonna do this bullshit bit anymore. Same way I'm not gonna do jokes about, you know, the commercials I saw on T V today. <laughs> you know, like it's an interesting thing about comedy
1: because because yeah, to a degree uh yeah, once you get professional and you go on the road and you tour and you meet these brand new full audiences, it is a way of like my stand up set that I'm gonna do right now is my introduction to them this audience to who I am as a person, yeah. And, and you're also trying to make them laugh nonstop, but you are bringing them into your world. And so if you're just like full of hate and anger <laughs> yeah. and racist and sexist homophobic things, like if you have like a conscience, are right, You're like, is this how I want to introduce myself <laughs> to strangers every goddamn night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this it's, what I want to be? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey guys, I'm 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 hell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a have fun, I'm terrible. have fun meeting meeting you me. were about to regret coming to the show in two seconds,
1: <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that's a factor too, yeah, this is all good topics, and uh basically, I think we've discovered uh in your opinion, there is no goddamn possibility of utopia, no matter what, <laughs> yeah. so listen up, everybody, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like it's unspoken, but maybe you're uh i could if you could have a utopia you would be eating the pizza smoking all that shit's good for you drinking uh and you would have a giant bullhorn that the whole world
0: could hear You could tell them to shut the fuck up every now and then (laughs) yeah yeah that's why i like that's why i like stand up the one thing i was going to compare it to and i'm sure we got to wrap this up but there was one thing i was going to compare like utopia i think like right now i just do stand-up comedy which means my days are mine and i go out and do work when i want to and stuff like that yeah yeah and so i almost it's It's a mild little utopia, but there's so much to beat yourself up about. Like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But that's the thing is like in a world where I could do whatever I wanted, I would probably play NHL 2016 pretty much the whole day and then drink a bunch of beer and then, you know, maybe go tell some jokes and go to sleep. (laughs) And that's not going to get me very far. Wait, (laughs) would you drink a bunch of beer before you go tell jokes? uh maybe during and then <laughs> after and maybe sometimes before sometimes before but i don't yeah i try not to do that too but some some open <laughs> mics i'll be like fuck it you that know was
1: for my own in, inquiry cuz yeah. i'm like yeah wondering how much i should drink
0: now these days well probably not at all but i'm not ever going to recommend that
1: <laughs> cuz yeah. i i
0: like drinking but uh me too now everybody's it's like january right so everybody's like not drinking right now in toronto if i'm in toronto for a bit
1: um I can do. I do a ton of sober shows. Yeah, yeah. But if you go, if you spend a weekend at another club and like you're headlining and you need to, int- I, I drink. I get drunk like at all those shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really a weird thing. I,
0: a lot of yeah, like in Toronto, it's no problem to just go to a show, maybe have a beer and then leave. you know, yeah, do your that's show it. and then. But yeah, if you're like doing Ottawa on the Thursday, you're like, okay, well, we're, where are we going for beers afterwards? Because you feel like you're. It's the weird thing about comedy where you sort of feel like you're almost on a vacation like you're oh, i'm in a new town you know let's, yeah let's go to the bars but it's
1: and that. also you're to in, like i said earlier to ingratiate yourself to a new audience you're you're sort of like are we partying tonight or what <laughs> yeah yeah and then
0: they're like yeah i guess i mean it's thursday have work yeah. tomorrow but oh no, we're getting drunk here's 10 rape jokes <laughs> <laughs> okay that was good
1: did you have fun chatting? i had a great time this is so awesome utopia man. is nhl what is it to- 96 2016, 2016 the new one yeah, yeah oh the new one the new one yeah oh you're not one of the old uh no super nintendo
0: guys so yeah maybe that 2016 beers pizza cigarettes sweet but i should really stop the cigarettes but if they weren't bad for you then i you know but i really enjoyed what the conversation
1: became starting with the utopia and uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff so i'm glad he came on and everybody listening yeah check out nick Beaton
0: does not play well with others mm-hmm. coming in, a, to in iTunes. a couple weeks or whatever whenever all right take yeah. it easy my website's this this is com, so that will be uh I'll probably put it up there obviously. Was nickbeeton.com some... taken?
1: It was. Who the hell?
0: I don't know. I had it at one point in time and never put a website on it and then that went away and then somebody else grabbed it. I don't think there's anything there for it. It's just gone. There's a
1: chrislock.com uh, where if you click on it it's just a picture of like a cat. <laughs> I'm like,
0: "Damn it, man. This <laughs> is what that. I was actually going to do with my website." <laughs> yeah, he stole You still just send people to it cuz you're like, "Yeah, that's pretty much what yeah. I was going to do anyway." Yeah.
1: He stole my ideas. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming on. That was fun. <laughs> thanks, buddy. It was great. All right, cool. All right, everyone. That was Nick Beaton, and Nick, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and speaking your eloquent mind with rapid fire precision and passion. Such a uh, uh, so many fun stuff we talked about there, and also so much super intense stuff. But that's what I also like about Utopia to me is we go all over the map and talk about a million things. And Nick, thanks again, guys. Gotta check out his stand up; he's super funny. Uh, and follow him at Twitter at Nick underscore beaten follow him so check out other upcoming shows and like he said look out for his album that's coming out in the next few weeks and that's that uh still wearing pajama pants right now hoodie feeling really comfy looking out at the uh at the window and i gotta tell you not a lot of people on this bus um feel bad for the bus driver that i can see out my window you know just non-sequiturs of uh Everyday slices of life all are also tucked into this podcast every now and then. But hey, that's what makes it so fun and neat, right? So follow us at utopia to me on Twitter and talk about, hey, how you feel when you see a bus, you know, stuff like that or more. Talk about what kind of bus would be in your utopian world and follow me at chris lock fun to find out more stand up and acting and fun stuff that I'm doing because I'm always tweeting about my life and nonsense. So there we go. That was another one. Get out there how about this take all of your clothes off no pants no shirt nothing and just start running and screaming down the street and see where that kind of uh, action takes you because that's uh, that's another way to start the day here we go we were done you guys were great thanks so much for listening and get out there and love life and uh, wave at the sun thank
0: you Thank you.